This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. First up, do you care that politicians spend their money on luxury goods? So digital media firm C27 launched a satirical luxury e-commerce website called Vote or Die. I must say, when I first looked at it, I thought it was a kind of Frenchified word. Vote or, or die. Because <laughs> of the accent on the E. Okay, this site lists luxury items worn by politicians along with their prices. Not the prices of the politicians, but the prices of the luxury goods. C27 said that the site was created to highlight a wealth inequality between political elites and the average citizen. So, quite crucially, I think, the site also contextualises the prices, right? Because it's quite easy to look at, and frankly, some of the, the ringgit amounts are staggering, so it's quite easy to look at that amount and not be able to then make a super clear connection. I don't know about everyone else. Once things pass into the hundreds of whatever, I start to lose context about how much that is. Um, But for instance, uh, Yana Najib's Cartier Love Bracelet cost 146,000 ringgit and is similar to, and I quote, uh, this is from the website, early schooling assistance for a thousand parents. Um, Kyrie Jamaluddin comes up a couple of times, um, including the hoodie that he actually wore to this here studio, Sharad. Wow. which is priced at 2,070 ringgit um, and was dubbed as the average cost of a month's worth of kidney dialysis for patients. So, uh, as you said, he, he come, crops up quite a few times. Uh, Patek Philippe, a watch uh, that he's worn, valued at 414,000 ringgit. Now, uh, and quoting the site again, nearly the annual income of 30 grade UD53, UD54 specialists in a government hospital. So this site, I think, uh, has gotten a lot of attention for a few reasons. One is because, of course, it's a topic that's come up a lot, right? Um, Ismail Sabri has gotten a fair amount of attention in recent months over his shirts, over his fashion. So it's not as if it, it isn't something that people weren't aware of to begin with, and even before that, of course. The other is, um, you mentioned right at the start, Sharad, satirical luxury e-commerce website. And I think part of the site's appeal, if you haven't visited it yet, is that it looks really like you could buy these items. There's slow-mo video, there's soft focus photography, you know, there's all the rest of it that ostensibly makes you think, oh, I could buy a bracelet here. Right. So and then you take a closer look. Right. So it's the immersive, almost the immersive retail experience. I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's very, I mean, it's very sophisticated. It looks really beautiful uh, and, and therefore is a slightly, um, you know, it kind of tricks you into thinking that this is what it's about when in fact it's about thinking about the way in which politicians engage in what is often called conspicuous consumption, right? It's it's not just that you buy things for its function, but you buy things to... Um, to, uh, to draw attention to your status, because you you can you can do well telling the time on a four hundred ringgit watch. Why would you spend a thousand times more? Four hundred thousand dollars on a watch is extraordinary. So it it could, it could only be 
because you want to signal that you've arrived, that uh, you can afford these things, or uh, in some instances, maybe gift, be gifted these things by important and rich people. It is an extraordinary list of uh, status-driven motivations. It's worth also talking about when these items were worn publicly and when they were photographed wearing these items publicly, because I referenced earlier um, the caretaker prime minister, and I, I did so with you know very specific reason, because the, the reason why those shirts got as wide a reach as they did, aside from the bright colours and, you know, eye-catching patterns, uh, were also because they were worn when he was responding ostensibly to people in a time of crisis, when when they weren't, you know, even further from the position of being able to afford those shirts. And so conspicuous consumption in a gala event, I think, is one thing. And some might argue appropriate. Um, but at a, at a moment of crisis, so it's like getting you know getting on your best tuxedo uh, while the Titanic is sinking. Is how it feels a little bit. Um, so yes, anyway, we're talking today about vote or die. Uh, you're right. Now that you've pointed it out, I really want to say da. But yes, it's called vote or die, and um, it contrasts basically the the luxury goods that politicians own and wear. Um, and aims to highlight the distance between that and many Malaysians. Uh, we'd like to hear from you. Does it bother you when politicians wear luxury goods? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we'll be joined by Aslin Balkis, editorial lead at C twenty seven. Keep it here, BFM eighty nine point nine. Beyond frivolous matters, BFM eighty nine point nine, the business station. It is 5.14 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. We're talking today about Vote or Die, a satirical luxury e-commerce website that highlights uh, the conspicuous consumption that politicians engage in, in contrast to what the average Malaysian can afford and earns. Uh, we'd like to hear from you. Does it bother you when politicians wear luxury goods? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now um, is Aslin Balkis, editorial lead at C27, a digital enablement firm and the folks behind Vote or Die. Uh, you may also, if you're a regular BFM listener for a while now, uh, remember her. She was a voice on our station. Uh, Aslin, good to have you with us. Hi, guys. It's been a while. <laughs> it has been, but I wanted to refer to it anyway. Um, so why did C27 uh, decide to put Vote or Die together? Uh, what goals and expectations did you have going in? Well, we were definitely inspired by what your regular Malaysians were doing on ground and online to remind others to vote. So, for example, like Fami Reza was holding classes nationwide and on his TikTok almost every night to educate us on elections and how the parliament and governments work to a growing number of Instagram accounts from media outlets and content creators who all went that extra mile to create and share <clears throat> sorry, their own infographics, tips and even memes on the importance of going out there and making the right choice for GE15. I think as an agency, we obviously can't vote, but we can't just keep quiet either. We wanted to play our part by launching Vote or Die, with the aim of mostly highlighting the disparity of wealth, especially between Malaysia's political elite and the average citizen. Yeah, before we get to the issue of uh, disparity, uh, wealth disparities, why vote or die? Why is it? Why are these the two options, as it were? <laughs> Actually, it's exactly what you guys were talking about earlier, because it sounds French and it sounds like... <laughs> Oh, so really? Of, so is it voted to you? Is that, what that, a, is that how we yeah. said? Yeah, okay. One of our designers, Alicia, she actually thought it was voted to So and we figured it actually sounds fancy. So we went with it. <laughs> um, so 
We we described, I think, the site earlier for people who haven't visited it. And one of the things that happens is really the the contextualization of the price of something to what an average citizen might be going through. Uh, why did you decide to focus on wealth inequality between politicians and the right yet? I think we wanted to get more Malaysians, particularly those around our age group, to go out and vote. So we've been hearing conversations and growing discourse, both online and offline. A lot of people are saying that it wouldn't really make a difference if they don't vote. Like, oh, it's just one vote. It's not going to change anything. But it does and it really will. So we wanted to add something a bit different because we're already seeing all the narrative and PSAs reminding us to vote. So the team decided and we discussed on this and we thought the best way to unify the working class was by looking at how much the average Malaysian, we basically struggle just to make a decent living and our overall quality of life. So we wanted to compare that to the leaders that we did and did not elect and how instead they live their lives so lavishly and very much differently from us. Yeah, I want to uh, follow up with that, the idea of the working class. But do you think when they see somebody with luxury goods that they uh, uh, they might be inspired, that this is a, an aspirational statement and that they might say to themselves, one day I too can own a 2,000 ringgit hoodie or a 400,000 ringgit watch? I mean, that's open for each person's... Um, like Everyone has different goals, I understand that. But I guess we also wanted to highlight that Ever since the pandemic and over the past two years, in general, the cost of living has also gone up a lot. So a lot of more regular people are affected. And I think for regular people, the idea of 200,000 ringgit on your arm or a handbag, but 50,000 ringgit, it, it just sounds impossible to even imagine. So the the idea of the fancy retail website how did that come about what was the process to arrive at that concept um you know rather than maybe a more a more prosaic approach well our generation forms the largest block of voters right now and as most of us are digital natives, we already spend a lot of time online. We browse the internet, we read articles, we go shopping online. Everything is online these days. So clothes and fashions are a staple of e-commerce. And this is very evident throughout the pandemic. <laughs> you saw like Shopee and everything went crazy. Everybody was buying things. So we figured marrying lavish political fashion with a platform everyone and the youth is familiar with, it just made sense. Have Yana or Kyrie come back to you? I mean, the question really is, what's the reception been, not just from, you know, the, 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 the people that you want to educate, but also the people who are named in this uh, site? Oh, well, the website in its entirety is meant to be satirical. So it's not meant to really incite anything otherwise than to just remind people to make the right decision. Like we're giving them the choice to decide this for themselves. And... Aside from the people named then to the people who have been visiting um, and tweeting about it and talking about it, what would you say the reception's been like overall? It's been really, really amazing. Um, for the first 12 hours, we had like 1,500 reshares on Instagram alone. It's doubled since then. Um, we've had intensive media coverage, reshares across all social media platforms. And so much so that yesterday our website crashed <laughs> and we had to spend a good part of yesterday just trying to get it back up and running. Well, you know, the SPR's uh, website has also crashed, it sounds like. <laughs> so, okay, uh, th for those who uh, defend these politicians, no, those who defend these politicians have said that they should be free to spend their wealth as they please. What would you say to that? I mean, you're not wrong. Everyone and anyone is free to spend your own income, your own wealth, however way, whichever way you please. But 
here the problem is that according to the salaries and wages survey report for 2020, you can find this on the Department of Statistics Malaysia website. The average Malaysian wage is about 3,000, give or take slightly below that. And our minimum wage for this year is half that at only 1,500 ringgit. So the main point we wanted to highlight through the website is, can Malaysians be accurately represented by politicians who flaunt lavish jewelry and luxury clothing worth more than what most of us will ever see in our lifetime? So we wanted Malaysians to have that choice to decide for themselves from there. You've mentioned that the sort of larger aim is really educating people. What takeaways are you hoping that voters and politicians will get from this? Well, for voters, we wanted to remind them that their voice and their vote obviously matters. Like Even if you feel voting doesn't change much or you think it's just one vote, if I don't go, it's not a big deal, nothing's going to happen, you still have the power to at least try to make a change just by doing your part. Um, for politicians, our biggest hope is for the soon-to-be newly elected government to at least lay the right foundation for better changes for Malaysia's future and most importantly for all of us. I mean, this includes transparency, abolishing corruption and hopefully a better quality of life for Malaysians across the board. Yeah, okay. So what plans uh, do you have for the website? Will it last beyond the election cycle? We hope to, at least for a little while longer. Um, we completed the website in about three to four days with a very, very small team. And we've been getting like requests and messages from visitors to the site to keep on updating. So we've, we've been getting like submissions and like um, inquiries on regular updates. So stay tuned for now, I guess. Aslin, thanks for talking to us today. Thank you so much. Check out the website if you guys haven't, yeah? We have. <laughs> Democratic chic, isn't it? Democratic chic is that how you start? Yes. Democratic chic. That was Aslin Balkis, editorial lead at C27, the agency behind the satirical luxury e-commerce site Vote or Die. Uh, it is very much worth a um, a quick browse. It's very funny. So yeah, I'm, I'm Vote beautiful. or Die. High production values. It opens to a scene of these models with amazing clothing. And again, you know, because it's Vote or Die, uh, you can you can almost uh, be fooled into thinking that this is a serious fashion site. But. Despite all that, the larger aim of the site is to highlight that idea of disparity, right, in terms of income, conspicuous consumption. So the question we're asking you is, does it bother you when politicians wear luxury goods? That number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So we do have this from Meezy, who says, richly decked politicians who had more humble beginnings before joining politics greatly bothers and completely distresses me. Apart from from jumping to conclusions that their much improved financial means um, may have been ill-gotten, I would be worried about the national coffers being in a spendthrift's hands. Yeah, there, there is that. Uh, and again, we can't assume that, in fact, they've gotten it from, uh, you know, from dirty dealings or uh, selling contracts or, you know, kickbacks. But it, it does raise the other possibility that if somebody and you know this about us individual politicians, they have pet likes. So, you know, a politician will be known for expensive sunglasses or they like the luxury watch. And that becomes a way of gifting the politician mm. as an inducement for uh, favours, right? So you hear talk uh, of, oh, so-and-so really loves expensive uh, watches. And then you give them a gift of that as a way of of kind of insinuating yourself into that politician circle. And then, of course, extracting favours.
So we're asking you, does it bother you when politicians wear luxury goods? Um, again, if you'd like to weigh in, that number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.